Hello, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Breaking Down Business Podcast. Welcome to Breaking Down Business, a podcast produced on behalf of the Kent State College of Business Administration by adjunct marketing instructor and CEO of All Good Marketing, Christopher Barnett. In this series, we connect listeners to our experts who share the latest on high-impact research and best practices in business. We bring relevant and timely business topics to you every other week. This is Breaking Down Business with your host, Chris Barnett. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Barnett, host of Breaking Down Business. Thank you for listening. Today's guest is Kent State University Professor of Accounting, Dr. Wendy Teets, who has earned national recognition for her innovative practices in the classroom. Whether conducting online polls, teaching students to build software bots, or interacting with students from locations around the globe via chat room, Dr. Teets focuses on making the learning experience interactive. In this episode, you will hear how Dr. Teets teaches future professionals to develop technology agility and how she shares her innovative teaching practices with educators and practitioners across the country. Wendy Teets is a faculty member in the Department of Accounting in the College of Business Administration at Kent State University, where she's taught since the year 2000. She teaches in a variety of formats, including large sections, small sections, and web-based sections. Teets is a certified public accountant, a certified management accountant, and a chartered global management accountant. She's received the Jim Bullock Award for Innovations in Management Accounting Education, awarded by the Management Accounting Section of the American Accounting Association. Wendy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Tell us first about your professional background. Okay. I majored in accounting in college, and then I went to work for a bank, and I became the controller of a bank. And then I went to work for a plastics manufacturer and was also the controller there. And then I ended up in academia after that. What compelled you to make the move to academia? I think I've always been interested in teaching. When my brother and I were young, I was always the teacher when we played school because he's younger than me. <laughs> and then um, when I was working, we, my husband and I had children, and I was looking around for a position that was a little more family-friendly, and teaching seemed to fit the bill with the hours. So I tried it, and it ended up I absolutely loved it, and I stayed with it, not because of the schedule, but because I really, really like it. I can relate. Tell us uh, the classes that you teach and the makeup of the students who attend your classes. Okay, so primarily I teach Introduction to Financial Accounting, which is the first financial accounting class that College of Business majors will take. Any major in the College of Business will take my class. And then about half my class is non-business majors. So they're coming from fashion, merchandise, sports administration, um, things like that. So these students are typically typically, but not always by any means, sophomores or juniors in college. And so that's my main class I teach. I do have between four and 600 students a semester in my classes. I also teach a small executive MBA class on managerial accounting, and that tends to be pretty small in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 students. 
students aren't always excited about taking those introduction to accounting courses or those accounting 101 courses, but you've done some really exciting things to keep your students engaged. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Admittedly, most of my students are not excited to be there. I do have <laughs> I do have my core of accounting majors who are really excited about it. But for the most part, students view it as a class they have to take, and it's not something they would take otherwise. But I do try to stress why they need to know as a future manager or business owner why this is important to know. But then the class itself what can I do to make it more interesting? Well, one thing I do absolutely every day is we use polling questions, which the polling system is where students use any device they have, like a phone or the computer. And I ask questions every, oh, five to 10 minutes on the material I just covered. So I'm trying to create an active learning environment in a class instead of being an anonymous one-way lecture. So that's one way. Then about, I would say every once a week or every other week, we do something called a Kahoot game. And it's a it's a game where I ask them questions, they answer, it's in a competitive format. So they get more points the faster they answer. And of course, if they get it credit, if they get it correct. And it is competitive, but I never do these for grade credit. So a student who doesn't answer quite as fast is not disadvantaged in any way. Um, but the students have really enjoyed that. It's not something you want to do every day, but it is a way to kind of test yourself in a competitive environment. So that has that has worked really well. I also um, talk about how we deliver the class. The class is delivered Lie, it's delivered in a traditional format in a lecture hall. So I have students in front of me. In addition, I have students who attend live online. So they jump into the class online and they can hear my voice. They can see my screen. And additionally, there's a chat room where they can ask any questions they want of my graduate assistant. My graduate assistant comes to class every day and she's got several roles. One role is to answer questions for anybody that asks her questions in the chat room. Another role is to help anyone in the class who may be struggling with technology. So she's on call for that. And so we try to make the class interactive, even though it is number one, large, and number two, I've got people in front of me and people online. And then there's a third option for students who just can't make it. They can't <laughs> because they, they get a flat tire or they oversleep or whatever reason it may be. They can view the recording that day and then answer the questions in kind of an asynchronous format. So students have a lot of choice and flexibility with my class. And I think that helps. Just so I understand, this is these are typically lectures, but the students have the option of attending class remotely. It's not an online class. Correct. The students um, can attend online during scheduled class time. So they can be uh, typically I have students who attend from Italy, um, from New York City. A lot of the fashion majors are in internships during my class. So they're actually attending from wherever they may be. And that's pretty cool. And the other thing, unintended consequence of all this is sometimes students are hesitant to raise their class, their hand in a face-to-face -face class. Right. I have students in the face-to-face -face class who will use the chat room to ask my graduate assistant questions during class as well. So it's kind of an it kind of lets people have a voice, even if they're shy. 
Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I know in the in my classes, you you see those students who have that gleam in their eye. They know the answer, but there's that hesitation to raise their hand, the fear of standing out, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's great that you recognize that and you give them that option. It's also really cool, too, that you allow students to participate remotely because I do know many professors require that mandatory physical attendance. And you've said, hey, look, I understand that this may be a a challenge for you to make it to class or you may feel more comfortable participating um, from from your laptop or your computer. And you accommodate that. I, I, I respect that. Thanks. The last four years out of five, The American Institute of Certified Public Accountants has recognized you for developing and utilizing innovative teaching tools. What are some of the unique curricula you've introduced into your coursework? Well, the first thing I did was a few, several years ago, I realized that I wanted to include more real life news stories in my class. And, you know, I I would make a note of a story when I would see it. And then when I go to teach that topic, I would never remember where it was. So I had this idea that I would start a blog where whenever I would see a news story that related to accounting, introductory accounting, that I would make a blog post and then put some discussion questions on it. And I decided to share that with colleagues. So I have a blog called Accounting in the Headlines, and I've written it for six or seven years now, and it's shared so that faculty can use it in their own class. For example, I have a story I just wrote, very short story, um, about a company that had an employee steal almost $500,000 over the course of five years. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I got the court, the federal court filings, which are all public information, and read about how she had accomplished this and realized it was very much um, related to this topic of internal controls, which is how companies set up processes to guard their assets. So an example of an internal control at a real basic level is having a lock on the door. But then we can have processes. So for writing checks, the person that writes the check does not reconcile the bank statement. So mm-hmm. this person to um, what she did is she did everything in the company. So she would write the checks. She would reconcile the bank statement. She did the accounting entries. She did it all. Presumably she was a trusted employee, but (laughs) she would just help herself to check. She was writing checks to herself and it took five years for them to catch that. And so that's a story that I'm going to be using in a couple of weeks here when I'm talking about internal controls, because that makes a lot more interesting when we're talking about real companies. So that was one thing I do is the accounting in the headlines blog. What is the URL for that blog? Yes, it's accountinginheadlines.com. Just accountinginheadlines.com. Another thing I've done for a couple of years is developed projects with one or two colleagues at different schools. So a couple of years ago, we did some data analytics projects using Excel, and those we shared um, on, on my blog, and those, those won an award. Can you share what data analytics is for our listeners? Okay, so data analytics is this idea that we have so much data, how can we visualize it? How can we analyze it to make better decisions and use it to guide us in our organizations? So this has really come up a lot in the last 
few years in business, it's come to the forefront. So data analytics is really a big deal. So I've been in my classes trying to integrate analytics, even at the introductory accounting level. That's great. And more recently, I, with my a couple colleagues, have created projects for the introductory class that have students analyze a large data set, maybe 50,000 records. So in Excel, they'll be doing things like uh, creating pivot tables. So you don't, many students have not yet seen pivot tables at that point. So we do pivot tables. And then we also analyze data using Tableau and Power BI, which are both data analytics tools, create data visualizations, analyze our data in different ways. And I feel strongly that we should be doing this at the introductory accounting level. And so that's what I've been working on our projects that I can bring analytics and also emerging technology into the introductory accounting course. Absolutely. Tableau is one of those tools that is used frequently in the business world. And I have not seen that used in college uh, setting. So it's wonderful that you're bringing that to the students to become familiar with. Yes. And it is quite important. Our accreditor, AACSB, says that analytics should be woven throughout the curriculum. Um, the other project that I'm working on for the first time this semester, we've got a couple new projects. And again, it goes back to accreditation, accreditation standards for our college and for the accounting department specifically state that we need to develop technology agility in both students and faculty. So AACSB is telling us, you know, be agile because what we do today is not going to be what it's like five years from now. So we have to be able to adapt and evolve. And that's what I'm trying to do in my class. So I have some new projects in my class this semester. Um, the one of them is the students will be building a software bot. And uh -huh. automation is taking over accounting and finance, the more mundane and rote things. Um, accountants are not going to be replaced by automation, but it's shifting their job to be more interesting. So instead of doing the same things over and over, we can build a bot to do those things. Oh, that's incredible. How are you applying that into the classroom? How are they building this bot? So we're using a tool called Automation Anywhere, which is a robotic process automation or RPA tool. And my students will get into um, automation anywhere, and they will build a bot. And this bot, when they're done with it, will ask them their name, their major, their email address. It will record that information and some system information into a CSV file, which is kind of like an Excel file. And then it will also take a selfie of itself as it's running. So the <laughs> students will do this and will submit those two files, the selfie file and the um, CSV file. And what's really cool about this is they start to see what automation is. Like, what's a software bot? What do they do? And the projects that I've designed um, give the students step-by-step -step instructions. So this is not an ex exploration activity, like learn it on your own. It's a very guided experience. Okay. But my, my goal with this is to provide them a positive, successful first experience with the tool. So then they have more confidence in later classes to explore it further. Additionally, 
when we teach accounting the same way that we've taught it for 40 or 50 years, we're giving students a misrepresentation of what accounting is today. Yes, we need to know those basics. We need to know how the financial statements are prepared. We need to know what makes up those numbers. But we also need to know that that rote repetitive work is not what we'll be doing. And then we have these tools like automation to help. Right, right. I love how you're giving students the confidence to do these things that might otherwise be intimidating in a way that they're not required to learn programming or more complex programs on their own. They're just following the guidelines step by step. Once they're done, they can say, oh, I understand this process. Now I can do it or now I can manage it in a real world setting. Yes, yes. I also have a Python coding project in my class where students copy and paste the code for a Python program, and then they run it, and there's various questions they answer along the way. So they're not coding exactly, but they are running a Python program, and they see how it works, and they see what coding is. Um, I also have a machine learning project where students take a set of data and they train the machine to recognize what kind of account something is based on this data. So all those things, students may not ever do those in their work environment. They may have a department that does that, but students very well may be supervising people who do this in their future career. And they need to be conversant in these technologies and know what they are and know that they exist. That is brilliant, especially when you're talking about something like Python, which would intimidate the heck out of me. I may ask you for that lesson to overcome fears I have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very easy. I mean, so again, these projects are very simple and it's meant to provide exposure so you gain knowledge of what this is. I can talk about Python all day, but it's much (laughs) more illustrative if you get to run a program and see how it works. Absolutely. Even if you're just going step by step, following the instructions, copying and pasting, it gives you that context for how it's used and it takes all that fear and intimidation out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's great. Let's talk about your 2020 conference schedule. You're going to be discussing your teaching tools all around the country this year. Can you tell us where you'll be speaking? Yeah, yeah. Um, in, In March, I'm heading to Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, and I will be speaking at a group of college and high school accounting educators about data analytics projects for in their classes. I'm also doing a session on Excel productivity tips for educators. And then in April, um, I will be doing two events where I do a three-hour faculty hands-on workshop with automation, uh, what I was talking about, building software bots. So I'm going to be working with faculty to show them how they can do this in their class as well. And I'll be doing some Excel sessions and some data analytics sessions as well. In April, I also head to Boston and I speak at the National Business Educators Association conference, and I'll be doing a session on data analytics there. Um, In May, I head to a two-year college conference where I'll be doing hands-on sessions on data analytics and emerging technology with faculty. Um, And I do have a couple colleagues that join me on these uh, trips. And then really exciting, in June, I'll be at the Institute of Management Accounting um, annual conference and expo in Atlanta. And that's primarily practitioners. And I'm going to be doing a, a session 
on Power BI. Power BI is a data analytics program. It allows you to create visualizations. So Power BI is like Tableau, but different. Okay, that's wonderful. Well, you're developing these programs and then offering them at no cost to practitioners and other instructors. I do. I feel as faculty, it doesn't do us any good to keep our projects to ourselves. I think by sharing, we create a community that is more robust, has richer content, and we can all learn from each other. Where can our listeners find some of the materials that you've developed? All the analytics projects are on a new site. We have my colleagues, two colleagues and I have called Accounting is Analytics all just one word.com. And I will be posting the emerging tech projects, but I always like to class test them first. So those will show up in um, probably May or so. So I'll be sharing all of those that I do there too. You also have a textbook, I understand, where proceeds go to a scholarship fund. Is that correct? Yes, I have two textbooks. I have an introductory financial textbook and I have an introductory managerial textbook. And they're both with Pearson Education. And I've been involved in writing the textbook for several years. I got into it because I really feel passionate about education and making things clear and easy to understand. And so that's why I'm involved. Obviously, they're my textbooks. I think they're the ones we should use. So we do use them. But I also don't want to profit from Kent State students. Um, so all the royalties from Kent State um, classes, all the royalties from that does go into a scholarship fund that's an emergency textbook fund. That's really nice. Well, I've really, really enjoyed our time. It's, it's fascinating the things you're doing. I would have never thought about uh, learning Python in an accounting class or business analytics in an accounting class. Thanks. So uh, before we go, can you share your blog URLs again with our listeners so they can check out some of your work? Yes. Accountingisanalytics.com and accountinginheheadlines.com. Great. Thank you, Dr. Teets. This was a wonderful conversation. And I will <laughs> see you at the College of Business Administration. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks to Dr. Wendy Teets for sharing the innovative and interactive teaching practices that she's bringing to the classroom and the numerous ways Kent State students benefit from this type of learning. For more information about Kent State's business programs, visit kent.edu forward slash business. Thank you for joining us for Breaking Down Business, brought to you by the Kent State College of Business Administration offering 10 undergraduate majors, online and in-person MBA programs, and a comprehensive PhD program. Learn more about the many ways to pursue a business education at Kent State at kent.edu forward slash business.